Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's Flames Nation Radio. Ryan Pike here, rolling solo this week. Uh, Shane has uh, is off this week with other commitments, so uh, we figured let's just drop in a, a quick solo episode to catch up on uh, what's been a very uh, eventful, tumultuous, chaotic week in uh, the world of the Calgary Flames. Uh, before we get into it, as always, Flames Nation Radio is delivered to you by DoorDash and by Eau Claire Distillery, the maker of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, typically, we like to think of Rupert's Whiskey as a celebration whiskey, a, uh, a happiness whiskey, something that you, you, you savor to, uh, to uh, enjoy during the summertime. And uh, this past week, unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot for Flames fans to savor. Uh, we figured, let's just, uh, the last time we, we, we uh, came to you with an edition of Flames Nation Radio, we were talking about possibilities of Johnny Gaudreau staying, going, and if he went, uh, what do you do? And in the interim, it's been an interesting week. Uh, so we recorded last week on the eve of free agency. Uh, I believe it was a Monday episode. We posted Tuesday. And on Tuesday, uh, the day before free agency opened, at about 6.18, uh, our friend at Daily Faceoff, Frank Cervalli, uh, tweeted uh, that Johnny Gaudreau had informed the Calgary Flames that he was not returning and was going to free agency. Uh, so uh, that was big news. Uh, a uh, within the hour, by uh, by the top of the hour, seven o'clock, uh, the Flames had put together a press conference and media availability for uh, General Manager Brad Living. And so uh, those of us in the local media, some of us not in the local media, there's a, a bunch of people on there. Uh, we jumped on with Brad, and Brad confirmed what Frank uh, Frank reported that Gianni Gaudreau uh, was, you know, informed the club that he was going to free agency. And when he was asked, "Is it a possibility that Gianni uh, Gaudreau could come back? Uh, you know, check out what else is in the market, and then circle back?" Brad Living stated uh, he didn't think so. He didn't think that was in the cards. And so at the time, Brad mentioned that, you know, uh, he didn't want to put words in Johnny's mouth, but his read of the situation from everything he had gleaned was that it was a family decision. Um, and he shared that, you know, Johnny Gondreau and his wife Meredith are, are about to become parents. I believe uh, Meredith is due in September. Congratulations to the Gondreaus, by the way. That's really awesome. Uh, so they were, they were slated to, you know, become parents in September. And so, you know, connecting the dots to living suggested strongly that it was a family decision. And later on, uh, actually shortly after that press conference, uh, Elliot Friedman reached out to Lewis Gross, the representative of Johnny Gaudreau, uh, his agent, and Gross, you know, confirmed as much. He said, you know, very, he was quoted by, uh, by Elliot Friedman in a tweet that, yeah, it was a family decision. So, okay. I mean, family decisions are family decisions. Um, 
according to many reports, um, the Flames, you know, we've, we've, uh, this has been fairly widely reported. Uh, the Flames started the negotiations with Gaudreau at uh, eight years and nine and a half million dollars. And their message to him was, if you tell us you want to be here, we'll figure out the money. And so by the time that, uh, that Gaudreau had decided that he wasn't returning to Calgary, the, the offer had gone up to eight years at 10 and a half million. Uh, and then Gaudreau, you know, went back and forth and sort of agonized about it and then decided uh, that he wasn't going to return. He was going to go, go to market. The following day, uh, the Flames made some moves we'll go over in a little while, uh, but about five o'clock mountain time, Elliot Friedman uh, reported that, oh, Johnny Goodrow is going to Columbus, which inevitably led to a lot of people going, Columbus? Really? Uh, it was interesting. Uh, what we've been able to glean is that, uh, at the time, um, Goudreau thought he was going to go to New Jersey. Uh, the, the, no one has cap space. The Flames had cap space and or a willingness to create more cap space to accommodate Goudreau's contract uh, and other contracts that we'll get into. Uh, but, you know, Goudreau decided, you know, uh, for, for reasons that we'll get into, that, you know, wanted to go back east. So he, at the time, you know, he's, he's a Philadelphia kid. He grew up in uh, – in Kearney's Point, uh, he went to Gloucester High School across the Delaware River from Philadelphia in, in you know, southwestern New Jersey. Um, but the, the Philadelphia Flyers, for various reasons, made various moves. Uh, they just don't have the cast base to accommodate uh, Gaudreau at the money that Gaudreau probably would be meriting. Uh, reportedly, the, uh, the New York Islanders were in the mix, but not really uh, a high, high consideration. Um, but Johnny Gaudreau thought that he, you know, he was thinking, okay, I'll go, I'll go to New Jersey, New Jersey rebuilding team, but good young team. And more importantly, crap loads of cap space, uh, same state that he grew up in reasonably close to family. He kind of liked that. Uh, and then Columbus came in and, you know, a lot of players who played for Columbus, uh, or do currently play for Columbus that Gaudreau knows he spoke with, uh, looked up the area and went, oh yeah, Columbus. So Columbus, uh, signed him, uh, I believe it's eight years or seven years at 9.75 million, uh, pretty good deal for, for Gaudreau. It's, uh, you know, a, a considerable raise over uh, what he was making before. And I mean, 115-point player deserves, deserves a raise. So, not, you know, at the next couple of days, there was, you know, Gaudreau was asked in various media availabilities, hey, what's going on? What's going on? Why not Calgary? And uh, I think even he would admit that his performance in the press conference uh, to introduce him in Philadelphia, or in uh, Columbus, rather, uh, could have gone better. He was really, you know, really excited about the new opportunity, about going to Columbus, uh, playing. You know, it's a it's a class organization. You know, Yarmo Kekalainen is a really smart general manager. Uh, ownership throws, you know, they're not unwilling to throw money at things. Uh, Nationwide Arena is a very nice arena. Is the the arena that a lot of arena honks like me look at and go, that's what Calgary needs. And you know, Nationwide Arena is one of the arenas that the Flames are trying to mimic with their new building uh, in terms of how the building itself is done, but also how the building is sort of integrated into the community. So they, they you know, they decided, uh, you know, the, the Goudreau did uh, a press conference uh, with Jarmo Kekalainen. Uh, he was asked by the Athletics Air Ports line, uh, what do you say to folks in Calgary? His answer was great, uh, but he said he'd be putting out something later. Uh, he was also asked by uh, our pals, Post Media's Wes Gilbertson and uh, Sportsnet's Eric Francis to expand on some of his answers. Eh, it was okay, you know, it's been well reported. Uh, you know, you sort of, he felt, he basically felt that, uh, you know, he needed to leave Calgary and didn't really, didn't really provide a lot of context for what drove that need. Uh, 
later in the week, uh, you know, uh, on the 17th, the Flames uh, saw three players file for, for player-elected salary arbitration. Andrew Mangiapane, Oliver Shillington, and Matthew Phillips. Uh, none of these really surprising. Maybe Phillips would be the most surprising of the three. Uh, Phillips is on a, you know, he's on a two-way deal in the AHL. He's played one NHL game. And you're probably not going to get a lot of, you know, big, big money ARB uh, decisions that way. But the important thing for players for salary ARB is you're basically putting a clock on uh, on the negotiations. You're basically telling the team, okay, if we can't meet, come to a you know, middle ground on a longer term deal, someone's going to impose a, a one or two year deal on us. Uh, so uh, it's put a clock on it, but uh, it's not unexpected. Usually salary arbitration cases you know, are player elected and there are these kind of situations where they, they're just trying to put rubber on the road a bit. Uh, understandably, the Flames, their, their focus has been this offseason on Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, a negotiation of that magnitude takes on a lot of resources, a lot of oxygen, a lot of time, you know, a lot of manpower. Uh, same with Matthew Kachuk. And so I can easily see those three guys just be going, hey, don't forget about us. We need to take care of our deals too. Uh, so not unexpected, not wholly controversial, didn't really, uh, you know, not many people bat an eye at that. The following day, though, the Flames filed uh, for club-elected salary arbitration with Matthew Kachuk. Uh, club-elected salary arbitration is much rarer. Uh, best of my knowledge, uh, the Flames have never, ever used the mechanism. Uh, they've gone to player-elected salary arbitration many, many times. Uh, they reached the hearing room many, many times. But the club-elected arb, really, really, really rare fairly frequent. Uh, there's only two cases this year, uh, Matthew Kachuk and before the qualifying offers went in, uh, the New Jersey Devils file for club elected salary arb with uh, Miles Wood. So those are the two club elected ones. So they're usually in very unique circumstances. Um, so the unique circumstance with Kachuk is this. Um, Kachuk had until Friday or would have had until Friday to accept a one year, $9 million qualifying offer from Flames. And then he could that would that would eat up his last year of, of eligibility prior to becoming eligible for unrestricted free agency in a year. So on July first, twenty twenty three, Matthew Kachuk is slash still he still is, but uh, if he had just accepted his qualifying offer, he could have just you know let's just say you know he just wants out. He could unplug his phone, accept his qualifying offer, go to go you know accept his qualifying offer on on Friday, and then just play out the season and, and leave. Uh, after the Gaudreau situation, um, I don't think the Flames had uh, have an appetite for losing another player for, in free agency for nothing. And so uh, the, qual the, the, the club elected salary arb basically kicks the can down the road a bit in terms of deadlines. Uh, uh, as of this recording, we haven't had a player, uh, we haven't had salary arbitration schedule, he hearing scheduled yet. And so the hearing window is between July 27th and August 11th. So the Flames basically bought themselves, uh, depending on when the hearing is scheduled, a week to an extra three weeks to figure out either a long-term deal for Kachuk or a new home for Kachuk. Um, it has been suggested by many, Eric Francis uh, of Sportsnet went on ESPN Radio in Edmonton, or no, he went on ESPN radio in St. Louis uh, the day after uh, Kachuk uh, had, was dragged into arbitration and suggested that, you know, Kachuk's days in this market are over. Um, having no inside information whatsoever, because I'm me, I would just strongly suggest that if things were going well 
if things were going well, uh, you know, one, if the Flames were comfortable with Kachuk uh, accepting his qualifying offer and then they would just figure out a, a longer term deal later, they wouldn't have filed. Uh, two, if things were going well and you figured, okay, they're, they're, they're almost, they're almost done. You know, this was the second highest priority for the flames. They, they're working on a long-term deal. It's almost done. Again, I would suggest that they wouldn't have filed for, for club elected salary. Uh, there's no reason to, you know, if you're, if things are going well, you don't go, uh, two more weeks we'll get, we'll get done. You know, if things are going well, if you found middle ground, if you have, you know, if you're seeing eye to eye on things, these deals can come together quickly. And they're not playing, you know, they're not playing games. They're not traveling. They're not anything. So, you know, the, your ability to get uh, your representation and the flames in a room and just hash it out or do it over the phone or on zoom or whatever. It's, it's fairly high right now. It's higher than arguably during the regular season. Uh, but uh, so I would suggest that, yeah, the, this isn't a good sign. It's a sign that I do agree with Eric. I do think that there's probably some kind of a move coming because you know, the, the Flames, they, they've lost a few assets for nothing. If you look back, you know, last few years, you know, they lost TJ Brody for nothing, but they also, that was the season where, you know, they basically swapped out Cam Talbot for Jacob Markstrom, and they swapped out TJ Brody for Chris Tanner. That's basically a wash. Uh, you could say that, oh, well, the Vancouver Canucks lost their guys for nothing. And they did, but the Canucks had guys they wanted to slot in. And, you know, it was about fit and mix and, you know, I think everyone involved in those transactions, there's no hard feelings. I think, you know, everyone is pretty, pretty upfront with each other about that. Uh, similarly, uh, you know, last summer, the Flames lost Mark Giordano for nothing, but they didn't lose Mark Giordano for nothing. They lost Mark Giordano in expansion process where everybody lost someone for nothing. And the Flames losing Mark Giordano allowed them to keep Rasmus Anderson, Noah Hannafin, Chris Tanev. And honestly, they they lost uh, they didn't lose Oliver Shillington because they lost uh, Merchardon. And so the Flames basically kept their entire top four D together, or three of their top four, and slotted in Shillington, and boom, everything worked. So it's you know it's it's unfortunate, but you can't really make parallels. But if you look at this summer, you know, uh, arguably you know the, the song "Cruel Summer" comes to mind. Uh, you lose you lose uh, Johnny Gaudreau for nothing. It was a unique circumstance. Uh, the flame again. The Flames had extensive talks with Gaudreau last summer, and they couldn't come to an agreement on a deal. Um, I imagine the number the Flames would have put towards Gaudreau was based on the two prior seasons where Gaudreau was good but not great. He was he was you know a reliable player, but compared to his monstrous 99.1819 season, I think you know the Flames were like, well. Oh, Two out of three seasons, you're okay, you're pretty good, but you weren't 99 points good. So this is the number we we're comfortable with. And similarly, the Gaudreau camp probably looked at it and went, yeah, but there's a pandemic and everyone's seasons were bad the year before. Like 1920 Flames, just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And then the season ended early with a pandemic. And then the entire 2021 season was a bubble year, which was very weird and awkward. And, you know, hockey players are creatures of habit. And for the better part of two years, they were completely thrown out of their comfort zone, which a lot of people were. But if you want to say, you know, if you're any kind of uh, agent going into negotiations saying that is not the real Johnny Gaudreau, that is not the real Matthew Kachuk, that is not the real whoever. Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, I'm sympathetic to that argument because I don't think a lot of us were at our best the last two years, uh, two of the last three years, so to speak. So yeah, the, the number that the Flames put towards Gaudreau, he didn't want. And the number that Gaudreau said, this Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. 
Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That he would want the, the flames were comfortable with. So I think they're all like, okay, well, you know, We'll revisit it in the year, and Control is very adamant uh, through his representation that he didn't really want to get into negotiations during the season. He wanted to focus on having a season and basically being the Johnny Gaudreau he felt he could be, and it worked. Uh, in the interim, uh, you know, his family situation changed. Uh, you know, him and his wife were expecting a child. They weren't expecting a child a year ago. They are now. That changes things. Um, Gaudreau had to deal with his family being away. He, he on. Uh, on Wednesday, he came out with uh, an article uh, in the Players' Tribune, really getting into the nuts and bolts of his of his uh, his mindset. And a lot of it was just balancing family commitments with, you know, he wanted to be, uh, you know, a, a good son, a good uh, husband, and a good father when he becomes a father. And he feels that, you know, this kind of situation being in Columbus, you know, they're close to his family in Philadelphia, but not cl too close. It's people can't just randomly show up; they have to call first. But it's an easy; it's it, it's a one hour flight six hour drive, no international borders, no this, that, the other thing. So it's relatively simple compared to what he's had to deal with uh, the last few years with, with travel and, and being away from his family. So Gaudreau is a, a unique situation. It was just, you know, in hindsight, should the Flames have signed him a year ago? I'm sure they would have loved to have signed him. Would they have been comfortable signing him at the number that he probably wanted? I don't think so. Uh, in retrospect, the number that he probably wanted back then is less than the number he got from, from Columbus. But, you know, uh, you, you understand the risks. And I'm sure, you know, Brad Trilliby's going to have to wear that. And I think he, you know, I think given the circumstances and given the risks involved, he was comfortable with it. And, you know, um, hindsight's 2020, but, you know, I, I don't think you can really, you know, rag on the flames too, too much. I think they definitely deserve some criticism in terms of how they've sequenced some of their contracts. I'm sure, you know, in retrospect, should they have signed Gaudreau to a deal that walked him immediately up to free agency? Uh, you know, they could have signed him to a shorter deal that would have done that, but they did. I mean, they 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 did what they did. It, like, realistically, uh, Gaudreau is about to turn 29, so the current deal he has, the six-year deal he signed in 2016, ate up a year of free agency. So if he did a five-year deal, it would go up to free agency, and he would be able to walk anyway. He did a four-year deal, 
yeah, that would have that would have brought him into one more year of restricted free agency. So in 2016, your question is probably just the assigned to seven or eight year deal, not you know, with Goudreau having two years in the NHL and being good, but you don't know how good. Well, if I'm Goudreau, I don't want to really want to sign a seven or eight year deal. You want to sign a four year deal? Uh, then you're probably doing this a couple of years earlier. So I, I can understand, you know, that there's sort of some risk mitigation on both sides in terms of coming to the agreement they did in 2016. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, they, they knew that they'd be walking up to the cusp of free agency and be vulnerable to this kind of decision by Gaudreau. And, you know, it's, it is what it is, the kids say. Uh, meanwhile, with Kachuk, I mean, my guess is, you know, the Flames, you know, when they're working out a deal, they probably talked to Kachuk and said, do you see, you know, with Gaudreau, they, they, they were asking him, do you see yourself here long-term? And he wasn't sure because of all the things we got into his family situation, is uh you know is becoming a parent being far away from his family you know i don't think he loves flying uh for example so mitigating that a bit um but for kachuk i'm pretty sure they asked him the same question do you want to be here long term and I'm, you know i'm not if they if he had given them uh an unabashed yes i think we'd probably be talking about a good drug or a, a kachuk extension by now uh, or be very close to it so i don't know it's uh again you know do you Maybe you maybe you want to be in a situation where you know players accepting qualifying offers doesn't walk them right up for free agency or signing deals that don't walk players up for free agency. But it takes two to make a deal, and you know with uh, with Gaudreau and with Kachuk, you know you want to get your players in at a decent number, but you also want to be able to give yourself some flexibility. And I, I would argue I would argue that the Flames might have uh, valued getting a decent number on the on the cap over having that sort of contractual flexibility. It's a trade-off. And, you know, the fact is they've gotten bit by two of these in one summer potentially. And, uh, you know, they, they end up losing Goudreau for nothing. Granted, he had a great year, played a lot of great hockey with the Flames. And it'll be fascinating to see how they navigate the uh, what happens with Matthew Kachuk because, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a, a weird year. And, you know, uh, I've heard people, you know, on Twitter uh, – and I've done media hits the last few days. People go, hey, you think the Flames should rebuild? I don't know. Um, I think the Flames have enough of their core pieces, their most important players, uh, specifically, I'd say the defenseman and Elias Lindholm and Jacob Markstrom. I think they have enough of their core guys, their important guys in the team-friendly deals. I think you got to maximize that value as much as you can. Um, but... I will freely say, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to get a Matthew Kachuk player back in a Matthew Kachuk trade. You're just, you're just not going to do it. Uh, but can you get someone who can play in your top six? I mean, uh, you know, can you get someone to play with Mangiapane on either wing? Can you get someone to play, uh, you know, second line? Like right now, the problem is you can pretty much slot together. Like Flames three lines are what your, your top, your top nine right now is probably, Let's just think out loud here. On the left side, you have Manjipani and Dubé. Dubé's been bottom sixer most of his career. He's pretty good at it, but, you know, is he ready to be pushed up higher in the rotation? I don't know. Uh, on the left side, you also have Jacob Pelche, who hasn't played a minute of NHL hockey, hasn't played uh, with NHL players in the preseason even. So you don't know what he is. He's good. He's a very good AHLer. Can he, can he jump in the NHL and be a good third liner right away? I don't know. Depends on the center, maybe. Your centers, um, I would argue that they have two top nine centers in Backlund and Lindholm. Uh, Monaghan, 
was a fourth liner for much of the last year. Um, they got Kevin Rooney, who is another fourth liner. So they kind of have, you know, a first line center in Lindholm, a second, third line center in Backland, and then two fourth line centers in Rooney and in uh, Sean Monahan. Yeah, and you know your top your your right wings right now. I mean, who do you got? You got Tyler Toffoli. You got Blake Coleman, and then you have a question mark. So, you know, I'd say you could probably use a top nine forward at any of the three forward positions, and it would help you. But you, you're, there's still a chance you're going to have somebody playing over their skis, and I think that's the challenge. Uh, but who knows? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what they need the most, but I know they kind of need a little of everything. So can you get something, can you get one of those pieces back in a Kachuk trade? Can you use the cap hips you would have been using on Kachuk and Gaudreau to fill in a cap? There's still players available, you know, needed riders available. A lot of other players are available are very good. Um, I don't know if Nazem Kadri is the answer because he's quite pricey, but I mean, there's an option, but I don't know. I think that's going to be the thing that really, how, how Kachuk goes and what they get back for Kachuk will tell you a lot about what they can maybe and maybe cannot do during the upcoming season um free agent additions the, the flames have some new faces um i mentioned kevin rooney he's uh, most likely going to be fourth line center maybe third line depending on who else they get um good player played in new jersey played in new york with the rangers decent not not amazing but he's he's a, he's a good hand reliable predictable not a lot of offense uh, the other def- likely NHL body is Nick Meloche, who was previously in the San Jose Sharks organization. He's big. He's French-Canadian. He plays the right side. He's a right-shot defenseman. He's probably slotted in on the third pair with Nikita Zadorov. So um, it seems like the Flames have their top 6D close to the set, uh, with uh, depending on what Shillington does in, free, in restricted free agency and arbitration. But not a bad move. Uh, the other guys, they added new faces. Um Goaltender Oscar Dansk back from the KHL. He'll be backing up Dustin Wolf in the American League. Um, defenseman Dennis Gilbert, who will be um, probably your maybe a six, uh, number seven guy or playing top pair in the AHL. Uh, he comes from the Colorado Eagles in the Avalanche organization. You know, good offensive defenseman, hasn't really shown a ton at the NHL level, but he's got some upside in him. And, you know, you need you need uh, puck movers in the, in the AHL as much as you need anywhere else. And a couple depth centers. Uh, Ben Jones and Clark Bishop. Ben Jones comes from the Vegas organization. Bishop comes from Ottawa. Um, both guys have a couple, you know, a little bit of NHL experience, not a ton. Uh, Bishop has the most. Uh, Bishop could be a 13th, 14th forward. He could be bottom six, depending on what else happens. Again, you know, the depth. Uh, the, the Heat were very good last year, but four of their most reliable goal scorers in Glenn Godden, Byron Fraze, Justin Kirkland, and Luke Philp have, go- have left in free agency. So you need to replace those guys. So that is more or less what the Flames did in free agency so far. Um, one last thing, the World Juniors are coming up. Uh, I know it seems weird that we're going to have World Juniors in the summer, but they're coming up in Edmonton. Um, summer is officially here. What better way to cool off than at the rink during the first ever summer World Juniors? Single game tickets for the tournament are on sale now, starting at just 40 bucks. So grab your sunglasses. The brightest stars in the junior game are coming to Edmonton, and the World Juniors goes in Edmonton August 9th to 20th. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, ooh, are there going to be any Flames prospects at World Juniors? The answer is def- most likely one, maybe more. Uh, so Matt, uh, Matt Coronado was on the USA's team when they were holding the tournament in January. 
uh, and I had to postpone it. Uh, he's going to be at USA Hockey's camp for the World Juniors from August or from July 24th to August 3rd. He is a strong contender to make the team. Um, new Flame, the second round pick Topi Roni will be trying out for Team Finland in, uh, at their camp uh, later in July. Uh, he's good. I like Topi Roni. He's the way Finland's doing it is kind of uh, interesting. Finland's basically putting together two teams. They, they essentially put together two, uh, 50 players on, on two squads. They have the, they call them the main squad and the challenger squad. And they're going to be playing a bunch of uh, scrimmages and stuff and seeing who, who stands out. So um, I would say that Roni has an uphill battle to make it because he's so young. He's 18 and this is a U20 tournament. He'll probably have a better chance next year, but it's a good chance for him to get on the radar for the World Juniors. So um, Roni will, will be in that camp. Uh, William Strongren, uh, Calgary's 2020 second round pick, 2021 second round pick rather. William Strongren, he'll be in Sweden's camp for uh, the 2023 World Juniors, the one that are the ones that are Christmas time this year. Um, Sweden already has more or less their their uh, team for this year's tournament set. So Schrömgren will be trying to get on the radar for next year's team. Similarly, uh, Jack Beck will be in Canada's camp uh, July 23rd to 27th uh, for the 2023 edition um, of Team Canada. So the interesting thing right now is Team Canada hasn't yet announced uh, the roster for their for their uh, camp for the August tournament. Uh, my understanding is they're trying to get everyone they're basically trying to see if they can get everyone back from last year's camp um some guys have said no some guys are sort of on the fence it's august uh when you go to an august camp a lot of these guys are gonna be pushing for nhl jobs and having your having your uh, your summer of training interrupted by a tournament uh, sometimes isn't the best thing for you so uh we're seeing a lot of a lot of guys from pretty much across across the uh international hockey world just going uh, I'd rather not. Uh, I'm going to try to make the NHL the month after, so it'd be kind of disruptive. So we'll see if there's any, uh, you know, if there's any more Flames representation at that camp. Uh, I think there's an outside chance that Rory Karens gets uh, an invite to that camp if they have openings. Because Rory Karens was quite honestly fantastic for uh, for for the uh, the Sioux Greyhounds during the last season, and he played a few games in the AHL playoffs. It was very good, but um, he's headed into pro, and will he want to necessarily have a disruption to his training? I don't know. Um, so that's sort of where things are at. Uh, we're waiting to find out uh, what happens with Matthew Kachuk. And what happens with Matthew Kachuk will basically be a, you know, <laughs> a, tumbling, a tumbling period. So what we're going to end up seeing is some dominoes toppling. Um, as I'm recording this, literally as I'm recording this, um, Jeremy Rutherford of The Athletic has reported that Matthew Kachuk hasn't told, he's told the Flames that he won't sign long-term. So, that, you know, that's kind of what we expected based on the moves. And so I think that they're trying to figure out a new home for him. And we'll see what that turns into because uh, he, he has a new home. Other players will have new homes, as in some assets are going to be coming to the Flames. So are they going to be great? Are they going to be good? Are they going to be draft picks? Um, the more draft picks they get will tell you more or less what their trajectory of the team is. So it'll be, uh, it's been an interesting summer, a very interesting week, a very interesting eight to 10 days. And I would imagine the next uh, eight to 10 days are going to be equally interesting. So that'll do it uh, for this edition of Flames Nation Radio, the solo edition, the cruel summer edition, uh, delivered to you by DoorDash and by Eau Claire Distilleries, makers of Rupert's Whiskey, 
the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, I'm Ryan Solo this week. I'll be back with Shane next week to uh, sift through uh, the comings and goings of the Flames so far. And we'll sort of see how the team looks because I don't know if we have a strong expectation one way or the other how uh, how the downloads are going to topple. So that'll do it for this week. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in a week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.